It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood today, isn't it? I'm sure wherever you are, it is a beautiful day. I believe every day above ground where we can do our mission, our purpose is a beautiful day. And I'm not the only one who ever believed that. There was a man named Mr. Rogers, who you might remember, who also believed every day was a beautiful day. Day and he taught us so much in our childhoods, right? He taught us compassion, love, morals, and values. There's something we can also learn from him as adults, and this is his off camera persona. Because off camera, there are a few things we can learn that he did and didn't do that we can help make our lives better. It's a couple things. One of them is talking about passion versus purpose, and how do you actually be able to live out your passion like he did? And the second lesson is how do we make sure that whatever we're doing in the world, our work, doesn't disappear, doesn't die, like when we do? Because today, while I love Mr. Rogers, I watched him so much. We don't really hear much about him anymore, and it's sad. It's a tragedy, in my opinion. And there's something that we can learn from him about how to prevent that. So, by the end of this episode, you're gonna learn both of these lessons from Mr. Rogers. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Money, Love, and Freedom podcast, where you'll develop the mindset and skills to create a life of total abundance. From business and health to wealth and love, discover what it takes to live a life of freedom on your terms. And now, your host, Coach George Wang. What's up? You're listening to another episode of the Money, Love, and Freedom podcast. Podcast. I'm your host, Coach George Wang, helping you to sell more, serve more, and live better. Today, I want to talk about a man who I'm very sentimental about. He has a dear place in my heart, even though I actually never even came close to meeting him. Pride was never even in the same thousand mile space as him, but he had a huge impact on my life. His name. Is Mr. Rogers, and I grew up watching Mr. Rogers. I was born in 1983, just for reference. And so, if any of you were born around that time period, plus or minus a few years, sure you know who Mr. Rogers is. <laughs> and I actually watched him a lot more than I did Sesame Street. I'm, I'm not sure why. I don't know why somebody watches one more than the other, but I just watched Mr. Rogers more every, almost every single day. I just remember it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, right? I loved it. I love Mr. Rogers, and maybe you do too. I recently read his biography.、Uh, it's called "The Good Neighbor," by the way.、Uh, I really recommend it. If if you like Mr. Rogers, I love him like I do.、Uh, it really tells a good story about the man behind the man. It's called "The Good Neighbor." I I apologize, I forget who the author is,、um, but、uh, I'll have a link in the show notes to、uh, to his episode. Oh, sorry, to to the book if if you want to check it out. Um, but I loved hearing his story. I loved hearing the story of the man behind the man. And as I was reading the book, I realized that there are two very distinct lessons that I can take from his life. 
one of them hit home for me because it's about, you know, manifestation, like following your purpose versus your passion. I, I did a whole episode on this in the past. So you can check that out uh, if you want to check more about that. But I'll, I'll kind of give you the sum up here in this episode. Um, but one of them is about, you know, following your purpose versus following your passion. And the other lesson I got, a little bit more somber lesson, is why the Mr. Rogers brand died. And, you know, some people will say that, you know, it's because he passed away, right? Um, but but if you think about it, there are a lot of brands out there that are that are modeled after a person and after they passed away, <clears throat> excuse me, are still very, very much alive and kicking. Uh, Zig Ziglar is one I could definitely think about. And Jim Rohn are both people in the self-development field and their brands are still going without them. So it's a big part of because of how he marketed his brand. And so you're going to learn these two lessons in this episode. I still recommend you read the book, but we're going to talk about these two. So let's start with the lesson on passion versus purpose. And to to give you like a little sum up of the last episode I did on this, people always say that you should do what you're passionate about, right? You always hear people say that, follow your passions, follow your passions. Here's the truth. That's not always a good idea. And here's the example I use. I love to sing. Only a few weeks ago, actually, I learned from my mom that by the time I was two, I could sing like 20 full songs. I had no idea. I didn't know this, actually. I had 20 songs memorized, and I was singing them everywhere I went. And I'm still really passionate about music. I love music. While I love to sing... I am also really, really, really bad at it. Like, pretty bad. I think I'm off key. I sound, I think I'm on key, but I think in reality I'm not, right? So if I followed my passion, I would probably be broke. I would definitely fall into that stereotypic role of, you know, the starving artist, right? That would definitely be me. So that's my passion, and that's passion as a whole right? Purpose, on the other hand, is what you are meant to do. It it might not be actually one of your passions. You sometimes don't even like it, but it's a calling. It's a calling. It's something like coming from outside of you that you have to do. You know the difference between passion and purpose because passion is like kind of egoic. It comes from inside of you. Right. It's something that like, oh, I love to do. It's inside of me. So it's very selfish. It's because like, I love this. I want to do this. Purpose usually comes from outside of you. So instead of like, because I want to do this, it's because, oh, this other person needs this. Right. Sometimes it comes in the form of things you're naturally good at. Like you're just naturally good at something. And because of that, people are coming everywhere to ask you for help with it, even though you actually it's not your favorite thing to do. You're just good at it. And people are coming at you left and right. Uh, here's here's an example, actually, I have uh, of a, a good friend of mine. He is uh, self-admittedly not a huge risk taker. He's a physical therapist, and he really wanted to help people. That was his goal. His his purpose, he knew, was to help people. Like, he cares about the physical body. I think he was like a kinesiology major in... Uh, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, in, in as an undergrad in college because he loves the physical body, and then he went on to uh, become a doctor and uh, uh, of physical therapy. 
And so when he was done with all the schooling, he was like, okay, I'm ready to go and help people. I'm ready to cure people. That's what they need. I, I know people want this and need this. So I, I know they need it. So I'm ready to help them. So he started working in a hospital just like everybody else would after college. Um, but quickly he learned that working in a hospital, people actually don't care about solving people's problems. What they do care about is billing insurance. And unfortunately, when it comes to physical therapy and insurance, they don't actually usually solve the problem for people. What they do is they just get them to a point where they no longer have the pain. But once they no longer have the pain and don't have anything they're complaining about, right? they can't keep in billing insurance. And then they have to kick them out. And he explained this really well to me. He's like, sometimes, you know, people have knee pain, but the source is actually not from the knee. The source is because of an imbalance in the ankle or something in that area. But because of the way we're paid, we just have to help them get rid of the pain in the knee, even though the underlying problem's still there. But we help them deal with the pain and then we kick them out, knowing that they're going to be back in like six months or a year if they don't fix the ankle issue as well. But because they can't bill insurance for the ankle problem, they don't help him. Now, his purpose was to solve people's problems. He knew that. And he doesn't like risk, like I mentioned. Being an entrepreneur, going out and starting his own practice is nothing he ever thought he'd do in the past. He never in a million years would have thought this. But helping people was his purpose. And he knew that the only way he could do that was through leaving the hospital and going off on his own. And he did. And today he's very successful. It was really scary for him, but he followed his purpose. Now, here's how Mr. Rogers magically blended these two together. And I love this. Mr. Rogers had a huge passion for music. He loved it. But he couldn't make it as a musical performer. Right? This was like the 70s and 80s. It was like disco. It was like rock. It was all these things. And that's not the kind of music that he wanted to make. So if he, if he went after his passion and, and sang kid songs to the crowd, he probably wouldn't have made a lot of money. His purpose, by the way, not that I think actually money, he cared about money, right? Uh, I should make that clear too. Um, but he had a purpose to help children. He wanted to help as many as he could. And he did it by creating this incredible show. And then... He infused his passion into it. He sang songs. He sang so many songs during his shows. And that's how he did it. My friend, the physical therapist, very much the same way. His purpose was to help people. He didn't, like, he didn't before think that he wanted to be an entrepreneur, but he did it. He became an entrepreneur because he knew that's the only way he would solve people's problems in the way that he knew how. And then he infused his passion, which is the physical body, into that entrepreneurial endeavor. So you can infuse these two. So my question is, what's your purpose? And is there a way you can infuse your passion into it? But here's the key. You have to make sure you're starting with the purpose. You're not just doing something because you want to pretend it's your purpose, but the real reason you're doing it is because you think it will support your passion. It's not going to work out that way. The purpose has to come first. And then you can hopefully, maybe, find a way to infuse your passion into it. Now, here's the second lesson I learned from Mr. Rogers. And this is a business lesson. I want you to notice that we see Sesame Street everywhere still. 
and not a lot of Mr. Rogers, almost none. He had a rule, and his rule was we can never market or advertise to kids. Now, I'm not here to judge the, or debate the ethics of that, right? Whether we should or shouldn't market to kids. I, I, I'm not, I'm, this, this is not the point of this, okay? That's a whole other discussion for a whole other day. But that was his rule. He said we can never market or advertise directly to children. Sesame Street, on the other hand, did not have this rule. And they did highly market to children. But I want you to think about something. And if you have kids, you probably know this. Think of how parents buy things for kids. Yes, as a baby, they have no input when they're zero or like a newborn, an infant, right? They don't really have an, inf- uh, have an input. But once they're about two or three years old, kids start to see the things that they want and then they ask their parents about them and then the parents get them. Kids teach parents about the latest trends in kids, things that are cool, etc. right? Do you think any parents would have known who or what Spongebob was if their kids didn't tell them? So, because Mr. Rogers didn't market to kids, his legacy died. And my opinion, just my opinion on this, is that's not good. And I'm not saying this for the vanity of Mr. Rogers so he could see in, you know, while he's in heaven or whatever you believe that he's watching and seeing his name everywhere. I'm not saying that for Mr. Rogers' own vanity, but because of the massive, massive impact he could have continued making. He changed so many kids' lives, mine included. I feel like because uh, my parents were the type that worked a lot, like they were not home very much. And my grandmother who took care of me, uh, she spoke English, I think, but a lot of my family didn't, right? So I watched a lot of Mr. Rogers, and that's where I learned a lot of my values and my morals, and they were pretty good morals and values. Very good. While Sesame Street mostly taught the ABCs and the 123s, I think that's very important too, but Mr. Rogers was also teaching morals and values, how to be a good human being, and now it's all lost. All of the great work that he did, all the great knowledge, all the great output he did, lost. Again, I'm not here to debate the ethics of marketing kids. I'm just here to state facts. So what's the lesson in this for us? We need to understand our markets, understand how it works, and then meet our market where they are and how they operate. I agree that from a truly altruistic point of view, Mr. Rogers makes sense. Right, his his take on this: don't market to kids, don't hurt kids, don't try to influence kids, don't take advantage of kids. I get that, hundred percent. At the same time, though, if you understand how the children's market works, the kids ask parents for things, not the other way around. And if he actually, and I think he did know how truly valuable his work was, but if he actually really believe, like a hundred percent, like think I have to get this as many kids' hands as possible knowing how the market worked, maybe he would have made a different choice. And that's the thing. Mr. Rogers was a brilliant educator, singer, like all these things he was brilliant at. Um, he just wasn't a marketer, right? And so maybe if he knew this or was had this marketing knowledge, then maybe he would have made a different choice. Maybe not. I don't know. Like I have no idea, right? That would be a call for him to make. But the lesson for us is clear. You've got to 
understand your market, understand how they purchase, and insert your marketing in the way that your market buys. So that's it. Those are the two lessons that I learned from Mr. Rogers. Somewhat unrelated, but I think they're kind of related in a way because they both lead to a better life. (laughs) But they're the two biggest lessons that I got from this book. And again, just to wrap this up, those lessons are to follow your purpose first and foremost, right? What's pulling you from the outside in, not your passion, right? You do your uh, your purpose. And if you can find a way to infuse your passion into that purpose, that's great. But the passion is not the, not the focus. The purpose is the focus. The second lesson is to go to where your market is and market to them how they like to be marketed to. This is your duty. If you have a good product, a good thing that really helps solve other people's problems and you want to get out there and actually help them solve them with your products, with your service, then you've got to go to where they are, market to them market how they want to be marketed to. Do all of these things and you'll live a life of freedom on your terms. Thank you so much. Please, if you could, I really appreciate if you would share this episode with someone you care about, maybe somebody who likes Mr. Rogers as much as I do. So thank you so much. Appreciate you for being here and we'll be back next week with an all new episode. Take care.